Field Soccer Show. John Hayes, Danny Brams, we're here. It's Elizabeth Parlor Room. It's a Monday evening, and it's a beautiful night in the Queen City. And Danny Brams is back from the West Coast. Wow. What a long, strange trip it's been. Oh, Johnny, it's good to be back, man. I uh, just flew in on a red eye this morning. Spent the weekend out in L.A. Uh, seeing Dead & Company. Basically, it's like a, a surviving members of the Grateful Dead with uh, John Mayer mixed in uh, instead of Jerry Garcia since Jerry passed uh, all those years ago. So very cool scene. Two nights at the L.A. Forum, the, the world-famous forum. Uh, I could I could see the ghosts of uh, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar and Magic Johnson in the rafters. Uh, very cool. Uh, and uh, Jerry Buss, I felt his presence as well. <laughs> I think he probably would have been. Uh, Jeannie might have been there in the VIP suite. Who knows? Uh, maybe I don't know if Phil Jackson ever got her into the dead back when they were together. So You were a week early. Charlotte FC heading out to I know. LA I know. It's, this I, Saturday. Oh, man, that would have been amazing if I could have also seen the Charlotte LA Galaxy game. I actually had to. So this is... You know, I couldn't stop telling the story. This was I missed the the Nashville game. The Nashville home game was the first Charlotte FC home game that I have missed uh, ever, ever. My f- missed my first home game to go out and uh, hang with some friends. And it was a heck of a shows. run. And by the way, you yeah, were missed. We had a run. We had a hell of a run. You were you were well, absolutely you. missed. And I could just tell there was like a a feeling in the stadium that was was great, but it was just missing a little bit of something. Knowing that you were not there. I think was um, a difference maker as far as just like the, the vibe of the night. And while that like maybe sounds stupid and silly, but like when this franchise launch launched we and <laughs> the first game happened, you literally had not missed one here. Yeah. Uh, so it was. Uh, I, I'm glad that you had a great trip. Um, and Charlotte FC now is going gonna, is gonna to start making trips out to Birmingham for the U.S. Open Cup. Wow. To L.A. like we talked about to play L.A. Galaxy, who is the worst team in MLS. Incredible. Which that now, like, now I'm like, uh-oh, wounded animal alert. Like, like, it's great to go play a team that's struggling in one regard because you feel like you can take advantage and exploit some of their weaknesses. But also, they do have talented guys on their squad. So it's right. like... It's like going into their house when they uh, are desperate, and we our team has been desperate earlier a few times this season, and when we've had our backs pushed up against the wall, we've responded. So I'm a little bit worried that LA Galaxy might be able to uh, to make it harder for us than it should be, but harder for us than it has been for some of their recent opponents, just because sort of their their backs are against the wall. And then after Saturday night's match, which kicks at I think 10 o'clock Eastern time. Ooh. I here, think here on the East Coast? I saw Coast? Uh, Joe LeBlue tweeted earlier today, Charlotte FC after dark this weekend. And I was like, yeah, very much so. It's going to be a great Saturday night. And uh, I, I'm not going to be here at EPR. I'm going for a, a family vacation in South Jersey, catch up with my parents and, Ooh, my, and my aunt. Shore? Down the shore? Go Let's down go. the shore. Oh, yeah. Exactly right. See some family. Make it a family weekend, uh, a holiday weekend to start the summer. But uh, you, I, I don't know and what your plan is. Maybe it should be a, a late night watch party here at EPR. I think that's the plan. That's that's got to be the plan. Uh, we'll, the sickos will be here. Yeah, yeah. Yes. Uh, we had we had the the uh, when we had the Utah game, right? We it was the Utah game. We had a really good party here. Yes, for sure. It was it was kind of a late night kick. So nine thirty kick that was. This will be even later. But yeah, let's do it. Let's party. Let's make and that the official was tequila night. The watch, was... yeah. The watch parties are back on. The watch parties will continue until uh, morale improves for sure. Although morale's pretty high right now, uh, so the joke doesn't really work. The uh, you can, by the way, you have to hold down the next two watch parties because you'll also be in Philadelphia. It's an away day for me. I'm going to be with the the squad in Philly. Back to your hometown roots in, in Delaware County. I'm from Delaware County, and the stadium is in Chester, Delaware County, mm-hmm. uh, not far from you know where I grew up. So it's it's really exciting for me to finally get to that stadium, which, by the way, I've never been to. Well, this will be your first time at Subaru Park? Yes. Oh, man, it's a really nice spot. I, yes. I don't really love Chester. Now, I went there oh, more than 10 years ago. I think I was there. I went to a Union game one time when I was in town visiting a friend in, like, the second season that that stadium was ever open, and there was not a lot of development around it. It was kind of like party in one neighborhood, like, you know, oh, yeah. 10 miles I, away. I know, and, I know and Chester then, and then t- very well, and I can, yeah. I can understand that. I don't know. Maybe in the meantime, maybe in, since then, hopefully some other stuff has, has been built up around it. Maybe, maybe there's at least a well, little bit casino. of Well, there's a casino. Hey, there's a casino. There, there we go. Hey, all bets are off <laughs> and on at the same time, for sure. 
Uh, that's good to hear. I think you'll 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 have a great time. The Subaru Park's amazing. Not a, not a bad seat in the house. Great sidelines. Uh, like most MLS soccer specific stadiums, it's really great. So very cool. Uh, and I will hold it down. We'll get the we'll get the watch parties going. The watch parties have been great here. We're gonna we're gonna keep them going. Uh, want everybody to show up. We'll, we'll keep hyping those through the Twitter, through the show, and through the the new outlet that we have, John. Like as much as new like. Charlotte FC broke new ground here with a, with a win streak <laughs> and some and like doing things they'd never done before in terms of looking like a dominant team, a team that could dominate. We're doing things we've never done before on the show. I, I hate to just continue to pump this Instagram handle, pump but I, but what I'm the reason why I want to is because I think it's a new creative outlet for us, and this has always been a passion project where we want to mm-hmm. create content and have fun with it, and uh, I think that platform allows us to do that in a way that Twitter does not. I think Twitter is a great place for, for discourse. It's, in my opinion, similar to a community square. Yeah. We, can, we can all go there and we can all uh, battle in the comments about your yes. favorite player. Yeah, the USVX stands and the Enzo stands can uh, right. go nuts and uh, reply all. And I will just, after about four or five replies, I'll just go to the original tweet and click up in the upper right corner <laughs> handy mute this conversation <laughs> that's so i don't get 70 million uh notifications then i'll come back and and, and check and re- reread it after it's all run its course right so um we can still do that by the way yeah. and we'll continue we could, to do yeah, that of course yeah. but on instagram i think you're going to see a different side of the charlotte soccer show more of views from our seats more right. takes on uh the game kind of a story block set up as far as hey we're here at EPR we're going to do a show tonight yep um, this is what the studio situation looks like the gold line's going by um, I, I think we can build maybe we'll do a a, a a video like from inside the gold line on a, on a trip down on a match day this is what it's like or something like that or just some type of do a little story of yeah like a quick segment yeah like we, yeah we could call that next stop you yeah know? it's yeah. like we, we have to quick we gotta between each stop we gotta fire off <laughs> a, a take. take yeah yeah exactly <laughs> yeah so the next stop i think it's a really play a really fun place to do uh content so we're gonna uh, ramp that up there for sure i'm gonna ramp up our conversation about um, somebody that we're at epr here and it's the home of the charlotte independence here in elizabeth uh, we're gonna talk about um that game this past Winners. weekend yeah a, a d- derby winning performance we're gonna talk about that and some controversy surrounding that but a player that uh, was on charlotte independence on loan from from the crown a guy named brant bronico scores what i consider to be the grind goal of the season if, yeah. if there's a uh, a goal and, and it is nominated for mls goal of the match week and the reason why it is is because it's the ultimate grind goal yeah it's a dribble goal through the box banging off defenders right right and like a pinball himself like yeah yes a Brent, bowling Brent ball was like had the ball and then he put the ball sort of into a step into a little space and then like threw a few elbows against the defenders <laughs> and then like went and got the ball again and scored it was amazing and the and the funny thing is you could see he had an easy square he could have squared it over to enzo real quick for a tap in but he's like no i'm scoring this goal and and uh he, he got his just reward and it, it was well worth it uh, I never doubted him for a second. I think it was the right decision to shoot. I'm just saying that like he had gotten himself into such a nice space that he could have done anything at that moment. From my view in the stadium, I thought it was unlucky to start. And the reason why was because I could just see it hit the post. And I was like, yeah, no, yeah, yeah, I was like, yeah, no way yeah. that just hit the post. Yeah. But I didn't have the great angle on it to see it sneak in and glance Posting in the back in. of the net. Yeah, net. yeah. so um, nice. So it was such a reward, and I was nervous about uh, that – Woodwork because simply it was a move that deserved goal, mm-hmm. and yeah. I, I wanted to celebrate that on the show tonight and also make another point. And I spoke to it was, you about this before the show, just about like how that happened. It was I think it was a sixth or seventh minute. Yeah, it was early, and it, and it was as Charlotte FC was swarming them. I just I was watching the game from California, getting ready for my you know for the the second night show. There was a Friday night show, a Saturday night show. So I'm getting ready. I'm pre-party. It's a 4.30 afternoon kick. 4.30 afternoon kick was amazing. I thought I was going to have to go, like, radio silence and, like, um, not pay attention to the game at all and then, like, watch it on tape delay after the Saturday night concert. Right. And then I get out there and I, like, look. And I was like, oh, wait, I'm on Pacific time. This game's going to kick. I mean, this game's going to be over before my concert even starts. So that was pretty cool. But I was pre-game and I was, I was feeling good and I loved what everything Charlotte was doing. They were swarming. They were just, like, 
all over Nashville to start the game, and you told me that a lot of that came down to the fact that the supporters were in a, in a rare form. It was almost like the the recent win streak and the good results elevated what Charlotte supporters were, were capable of, and not just the supporters section. Exactly. And it was one of those moments where a supporter ship really lifts up a team and wills a squad to a goal. This was a supporter's goal. This was a Bronny Bro grind goal lifted up by the supporters' energy in that first 10 minutes. And not just – and we love – and, and I, I've got nothing but respect for all of the supporter groups who packed the supporters' end, the Mint City end, including yourself. Yeah. Uh, Kevin Anderson is always there. Brett Thompson, a bunch Kevin of TIFOs yeah. are always hanging out. Um, We've added to our numbers this year. We got we have uh, uh, Marissa and Kelsey are now regulars in the supporters. That's right. great to see. We got a good group going. Hannah shows up from time to time. Everything that you do in that section is massive, but unless the rest of the stadium catches on, sometimes it can fall a little bit flat. And the first ten mm-hmm. minutes, in the past, I would say, Charlotte FC has made the pregame festivities feel like a party. So much. To where when the game kicks, right, things quiet down a little it's bit. It's like okay, everybody, we we just did uh, you know the Peppas and the Poznan and the anthem and the yelling all the players' names on the intro now and you know now everybody sit down and chill for a few minutes and like that can't be the way it is and that's not how it was on Saturday and, and it didn't happen that way and I think it's because it showed what an unbeaten streak, what a good run of form can do to a fan base. It lifts you up and 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 all of a sudden the soccer became the main event. Mm-hmm. Where in the past, the main event was sometimes the pregame festivities. And, and trust me, I know there's a lot of people listening to this show who go, that's, that's not true. But you're one of those. Most of the people that listen to this show are people that are in the supporters group. Right. That the soccer is the main event, and that's why they listen here. But there's a lot of people in, stadium, in the stadium every single match who are casual soccer fans. Sure. Who are going to the matches for the first time. Who are learning to understand MLS and get to know this team and decide whether they're good or not and whether that feeling of electricity exists just by watching them play. And what I realized on Saturday night was the soccer after this good run of form has become the main event. That's why I'm good with the loss. Like, I, I think the stadium was good for the loss. It was a bad call at the end of the match. And It was definitely a tough penalty to take. Like, I, I was watching, like I said, was, I watched I watched the first 75 minutes at my buddy's place, and then we had to get in the car and cruise over to the forum. So I watched, like, in the back of his car on my phone, and I was, like, flipping out on that penalty call. Probably, I, I'm not going to say that it should have been overturned, because it, it, it shouldn't have. I mean, Burn, Burn went down in the box, landed he, on his butt. Yeah, like know. he was cle- he was yeah. fully on the ground. He did pull himself back. He like he did right. try to pull out of the tackle, but you could see even trying to pull out his momentum carried him through the tackle, and he ended up like studs up through Schaffelberg's feet. Did you hear that Christian Lozanzio Le- Sh- called it soft in he, the press yeah, conference I today? Yeah, I, re- I saw Laddie's press today. He called it soft. I do think it was soft. I think I think Schaffel- he agrees. With I think you. You guys very are little contact was made. But I, I think it was soft but correct. I think it was soft but correct. I'm not going to sit here and say, as much as refs are a problem and it feels like Charlotte C almost always gets screwed by the ref one way or the other, I'm not going to complain about the ref. The, the, the ref made a harsh call but a correct call. It was a great move for Nashville and a big-time opening even before the penalty happened. I just wish that we could get those calls because I think Schaffelberg definitely tried to draw the pen there. And there's other times where our guys try to draw pins and don't it doesn't work. So that bothered. That's what I didn't like. Yeah, it was a. It wasn't a deserving win for Nashville, right? Right. Like sometimes right. A deflected you, goal and a PK in stoppage time. And what, that yeah. that to me is the difference. And I think there's a lot of people who realize that on Saturday that hey, um, Charlotte FC deserved to get a point out of this, maybe three. Yeah. And this this good run of form can continue on this road trip. Which, by the way, I just. I, I, uh, I, I reached out to a team spokesman today and asked about the travel because I'm a little bit concerned about it. Um, when you think about traveling, you know, all the right. way to Birmingham, to, to Los, Los Angeles, Angeles, Philly, then and Columbus, right? Columbus on the back end of Philly. My question was, hey, are you going to fly to to Birmingham and then go straight to Los Angeles, or are you going to uh, head back to Charlotte before going to Los Angeles? And I think that's. I'm interested in that simply because is the is the squad going to be the same for both matches? Sure. 
right? And it sounds like to me, because of the travel back to Charlotte, there could be somebody potentially left behind who has a knock. Um, so I wouldn't expect the the U.S. Open squad or, or the uh, MLS squad on Saturday to be the same. I, I don't know if this is just because I recently went to a, a, a pair of Grateful Dead concerts, but I really like the idea of the whole team just like getting in a couple of buses and just go, <laughs> you know, just going on the electric Kool Aid acid test uh, around, you know, with the merry pranksters around the country. Bus it down to Birmingham. Bus it over to LA. You know, see America. You know, we got a lot of foreign guys on the squad. Show them what the Grand Canyon's yeah. all about on your way out to LA. Get on Route 66 from LA back up into the Midwest yeah. on the way to Philly, and just you know, like, like take a take a like think about the bonding that could happen. It's like, oh, you know, some guy, you know, uh, one guy. There's two buses probably to carry the whole entourage, and it's like, oh, I. You know, I'm I'm switching buses at the rest stop. You know, Enzo Enzo's it's like, bugging It's like a summer me, tour. You know? Yeah, yeah. Like with the, yeah, the band. Yeah, you know? That'd be amazing. Yeah. You know, the band's got the bus. They've got <laughs> yeah. the luxury bus. They're not flying I mean, from stop to stop. They're getting on the bus and they're doing their tour. I know that can't happen, but man, but just the, the imagery just popped into my mind as you were describing the road trip. I was like, that would be amazing if it did. But again, maybe I'm maybe I'm still feeling the residuals of uh, my experiences this week. So just to recap, we're going to Birmingham, back to Charlotte, out to Los Angeles. Back to Charlotte, up to Philadelphia, back to Charlotte. And then to Columbus, Ohio. And then to Columbus, Ohio yeah. to finish things off on yeah. that Saturday. And then I think we have a bye after that, or if not, then to buy the very the next next week. I'll double check the sketch, but we've done my, the next four matches are just like all in my head for sure. Like I, I can't see past those right now. So Yeah, and you, and this team shouldn't really be looking past the open cup opportunity. Round of 16, this baby. Mid-week. Always the cup. It's time to go get it. Two weeks in a row with a midweek match. You, you love that. Three weeks after next week as well. The fixture list is coming fast and furious for Charlotte FC, and, and we're going to kind of ask ourselves who's healthy, who's ready to play, who's who's ready to continue to go the full 90 that, on this squad because it's an important stretch of That's games. what I'm fascinated by, that thing you just brought up, John, with like – the fact that we could take a lot like for all the doom and gloom we suffered through in february march and, and april of this season yeah we've all of a sudden found ourselves in a spot where we can take a hard loss a rough like a hard done by loss a loss where we feel very undeserved a deflected goal and a stoppage time pk and we can just we can just take it in stride and be like okay on to the next water for ducks back because you figure a game like that nashville game if that had happened in in march it would have been dooming more, you know, that March oh. was a time of doom and gloom around this club. And like that, that one could have been a backbreaker. And yet here we are just kind of shrugging it off and being like, okay, let's go win the next one. You know, let's go, let's go get to the open cup uh, quarterfinals. We're, we're four wins, like the mission now, four, four wins away from hoisting the U.S. Open Cup, which is absolutely incredible to think about. So it's just on to the next. And it's like the guys, I think the depth of the squad has proven to not be quite as, um, as reliable as I had hoped at the beginning of the season. You remember the infamous, you know, 25 guys could start for this team, all that shit. But, like, and injuries are part of that. The reason the reason that's fallen through in some spots is because of injuries. But the youngsters are contributing. The kids are the kids are making their impact felt. And it's, it's the, you know, Cambridge, a couple mistakes, I think, in his sub-appearance against Nashville. But overall, did the right things in terms of keeping and attacking, focused on... The ball getting into the box. Vargas finally came back and looked really good in a sub role, uh, sub appearance for Mira. Man, his role when he came onto the pitch was just a, hey, I'm going to whip it in the yeah. to the box with his box, left foot box, and, box, and somebody box. get on yeah, the end of it. Yeah. The only issue I'd say is, is that when Latanzio subs Copetti and brings Vargas in to whip balls into the box, it feels like a little. Uh, how does that um, how does that saying go? Um, the Peter and Paul pay Robbing Pete. Peter to pay Paul. Paul. Yeah, yes. yeah, exactly. Like that, yeah. It, it feels like for it, sure. Like you're 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 robbing Capetti of an opportunity of a chance to be on the end of that just to get Vargas out there and whip crosses into the box. Yeah, yeah. For the literature students out there, kind of like a, a gift of the Magi situation uh, where you know you you bring Vargas in to pass <laughs> it to Capetti, but you bring Capetti out as a sub to get Vargas in. Kind of a, makes me think of that you know like uh, but maybe it's just because I need a haircut as well I mean, that's in mind. <laughs> but uh, I do think Copetti had a sub because he definitely like I noticed a couple minutes before his sub he was favoring his hamstring he grabbed his hammy 100% and as he was limping he kind of semi limped off the off the field and like on the bench he was sitting someone tried one of the one of the capos one of the capos Pietro on Twitter tried to call 
posted some picture of Copetti. Did you see this? No. So Copetti like was like sitting on the bench and just like stretch like lazing like laying way back and like stretching his leg out and like rubbing his his hammy the whole time and not really like and this picture that was taken was like all the other guys on the bench were like leaning in like watching the game and Copetti was kind of off to the side like rubbing his leg and it's like come on Enzo how could like the 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 capo who posted this was like how, how can you you know I, I support you Enzo but how can you this body language I was terrible like and Enzo like quote tweeted him and was like bro I hurt my freaking hamstring. What do you want from me? I love the team. You know, I'm doing my best. So I do think Enzo kind of comes in for some, like, unfair criticism a lot of times. And uh, Latanzio said today that the precautionary sub worked because he's good. En- Enzo's good to go. He he probably won't play against Birmingham, but he would be – Latanzio expects him to be available. I expect him to be fine to go for L.A. So that's good. And sometimes you sub a guy early so that a, a little tweak doesn't turn into an actual injury, and I think that paid off really well. So – uh, Copetti continues to be a lightning rod for Charlotte FC debate. People, some people love him. We saw, you know, a friend of the show, Andy, the football, the footballista, uh, made made some noise uh, today and on Saturday because her son uh, Enzo came up and like gave his uh, game worn jersey to her son Joaquin, which was really cool. And she posted some pictures of that. She posted those pictures and they were picked up by Sports Center, like Sports Center. Uh, uh, Twitter account picked him up, so you know Charlotte FC fans are famous worldwide now because of <laughs> stuff like that. So I, I overall, I'm still very much in the pro Enzo camp. I'm glad he's going to be available uh, for our next matches, and I still think my original goal projections. He's running out of games to really match those, but I still think he's going to score another 10 plus goals from here on out to the end of the season. He's got to be in the right frame of mind, and he's got to be healthy to do those things, and he's got to get the service in the box. Uh, one thing I'm ready to kind of uh, accept at this point in the season is that Enzo can't do it himself. Right. He's not the type of player that's going to get it done himself. He needs help from his teammates. And without that, uh, he's not a player like a Carol Swiderski. Yeah, uh, Carol. Carol Swiderski is somebody who got a 7.0 rating on Saturday night, um, is – Everywhere on a the player. pitch. He was ev- What's his heat map? Because he was just yeah. everywhere on no, the pitch, it's for just, sure. He, he was somebody that you could look at and just know as soon as Capetti came out, he could play up in the front. He, yeah. could, he could play in the midfield. It's almost yellow almost on the entire opposite half of the pitch for Carroll. That's incredible. And bright red dots, like... Yeah. Basically, it, the two different spots in the middle yeah. there, sort of the corner of the box. Awesome. I think I think Carol Swiderski um, and Ashley Westwood um, have a ton of experience and class and the, and the type of ability to play uh, soccer at this level in MLS and freestyle and lead a squad. I think Enzo Capetti is as far as from that as humanly possible. Right. I think that he is on for the ride. Like he's he, Capetti needs to hitch his wagon to Swiderski and Kerwin Vargas and Justin Miram. All of those players are going to create for Enzo. Enzo's not going to create for any of those except right. for just demanding presence. He's just a he's a box player. He's he's the same type of player as a Danny Rios. Yeah, but just a little bit younger, a little faster, and hopefully maybe maybe a little stronger. The ceiling little, could yeah. be higher. Yeah. But at right. this moment in the year, he hasn't done anything differently than Danny Rios did. Well, I'm fine with him if if he's if his goals are tap-ins. He's just got to be there yeah. to tap him in. You right. know, that's the thing. It's like uh, me too. I'm know, not, if he can be like a Chicharito or a Danny Rios for sure, like someone who's just like always there at the at standing at the back post when the attack when the that's attack, his role. Yeah, for sure. Because he's not creating, but he also does. He does, he moves pretty well without the ball. But that's my point. He's, that's, he's good no, that's at drawing defenders he's not, on no, a run. No, that's my yeah. point. Is that he don't t- don't if I'm Latanzio, say hey Enzo, don't touch the ball. Right. Yeah. Agreed. Yeah. Agreed. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like and, it, when you, t- I, I, if you touch what? the ball, I want you to take two touches, and that second touch should probably be a shot. But what do you think about the fact that Latanzio, whether it was Latanzio telling him or not, or just the flow of the game, Enzo, look at call up Enzo's heat map. Enzo spent a lot of time out on the right wing, uh, even while he was in. Carroll was in the middle more than Enzo was, and Enzo was out there on the right wing. It was it was really interesting to me, from what I was seeing. I I, I just felt like he was sending in crosses and things like that, which really just surprised me. So I, I, I don't want to see him in that role. I agree. I want him to stand on the penalty spot and wait for wait for It's kind of laughable. It's, it's to laughable him. to think about Capetti out on the wing. And he was yeah, pleased. but look at him. He's out on the right wing in a red dot. 
he's, he's, he's nowhere near the box. I yeah. Mean, let's um, let's be real. I think when you think about a player like Enzo Capetti, he's... In, Do you think that was coaching tactics, though? Do you think Latanzio said, Carol, you play in the middle, you play inside of Enzo the whole game? Because that's what it looked like. It became more of that after Enzo came off the pitch. Okay. But I do think Enzo had to share a little bit of space. Yes. That's the way that I would describe it. Enzo has to, to share a little bit of space because Karol Svidersky is undroppable and the type of player that is like, if he's feeling like he wants to be front-footed, go for it. Right. You know, and there was, there was one moment I have to say in the match, I'm just going to call this out um, before we go to break. Uh, we talk about Bill Tuoloma. And we talk about Karol Swiderski here. There was a there was a huge free kick in this match. I don't know if you remember it. Where oh yeah, both Bill and Carol were on top of the yeah. ball, and it was from a distance, right? I mean, so, yeah. so they had Bill hit the the big uh, the hit power from shot, yeah. from let's call it twenty seven yards. Sure. Um, so I was disappointed by that, and I was also disappointed once again by Bill Tuiloma being the own goal specialist. Right. How many is that now? They, they credit that goal to Mukhtar because it was quote-unquote on frame, but he literally shot a soft, weak shot right at Kalina that Kalina was going to save no problem, and Tuiloma deflected it uh, off you know, to the opposite path and spun it into the goal. So uh, in that, in my mind, that's an own goal. That, that would have been his second own goal. He's also responsible. So he had the own goal against St. Louis. He also also responsible for another goal where he – tried to he passed it like to a def, uh, to an attacker I'm forgetting the I'm drawing a blank on who it was he also had the the one where he no one will, most people have I'm not blaming him, him for any of this I'm just saying yeah. like he's he like this was not a bad play necessarily goals. but he had the, in the first game against New England he had the clearance of the of that ball and he cleared it right to Kessler and Kessler scored the game winning goal against us so like Tulomas just cannot help but have been in the wrong place at the wrong time so many times this season. And it sucks because he is a good player. I was excited when we signed him because I thought we, we called him Big Bill. This is a guy who had experience. This is a guy who has physical presence and all that. And it's like, man, he, he could have been helping. Like, I was excited. I expected a lot of him of help from him on this team. And instead, it's just been one disaster after the other. We cannot get Carujo back soon enough. I, I can't wait. Uh, Melanda at right back was kind of nice. But right now, Sobachinski's ahead of Tuloma for me. Milanda's ahead of Tuloma. Carujo will be ahead of Tuloma. So Big Bill is, is coming to a point where he's going to be fourth choice center back, and I don't I don't think it's going to end up good for him at this thing. I, I think it's going to ultimately. I could be wrong. I was definitely wrong about Miram when we first signed him. I was wrong the opposite way about Tuloma. I thought it'd be better, but now I'm gonna I'm gonna my make my official stance that I don't know if he's ever really going to be truly great on this team. And I, I agree with you. I wish Carroll would have taken that free kick. Carroll's little left-footed curlers in the box were dangerous. And Bill's a big dude. I would have rather seen Bill on the end of a ball at that spot where we needed a goal pretty badly. I think that's when we talked it about was that one one as far we were, as yeah. percentage goals we that are header goals. Go ahead, yeah. Header goals. Uh, yeah. Bill Tuloma, that's his specialty. Right. Not not banging balls. Right. From, he has like three or four yards. like career free kick goals. One for New Zealand and three for the Timbers. And so I think. He's like been sold as a free kick specialist, but I would have rather seen Carroll take that one. Charlotte Soccer Show, John Hayes, Danny Brams. We're here on Elizabeth Avenue. We're sitting on the patio. It's a patio podcast. I've got a Guinness. Danny's got an empty glass. It was a copper. It was an old Met copper in an OMB glass, and uh, I think I need another one. <laughs> and another one. Charlotte Soccer Show. Follow us on Instagram. Follow us on Twitter. You can find us both um, there as well as YouTube. Follow the show on and YouTube. Instagram. Uh, yeah, and, and uh, make sure you get a Charlotte Soccer Show cookie. We're, we're back after this. Back on the show after the break. John Hayes, Danny Brams, cheers to you. More copper over here. What'd you go with? I've got a Sugar Creek Pilsner. Uh, it's a great beer on tap here at Elizabeth Parlor Room, and you can enjoy it on a uh, Monday night. It's trivia night. Yeah, here. you can hear some trivia there going in the background. Uh, yet more, more the... Uh, the, the evolution of EPR since uh, since Matt Moreno and the bearded bartender reopened it earlier this year, been blowing up. They've now recently added trivia nights. We're usually here on Thursdays, but we're here on a Monday because of scheduling and my trip and everything. So nice to see the trivia night in action. Pretty good crowd in there, and uh, looks like they're having some fun. Charlotte FC trivia. We should, yeah, we should host the Charlotte FC trivia tonight or something like that. Yeah, yeah, it would yeah. be a great uh, game. It would be a great yeah. game show here if we did a trivia night. I've got a great idea for a game night here, um, and this is um, something that I haven't forgotten. It's about a, a let's call them a silent TIFOS. Okay. Uh, 
Tyler Daly, a good friend of mine. Love Tyler, yeah. Uh, he reached out and love had... Ty, love, love Megan. Yeah, love, yeah. All, yeah. Love the whole Daly family. Yeah. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Good people. Uh, he had suggested, after coming to a watch party, that we should have a summer FIFA tournament on the big four-screen TV here at Elizabeth Parlor. Let's do it. I'm in. And hand out a Charlotte Soccer Show trophy for the winner of the FIFA tournament this summer. I love it. I, I might win. I might have to go win it, though. That's the only, the only <laughs> issue. Depends, depends if it's Xbox or PlayStation. That'd be, that would be sweet, wouldn't it, though? You know, if we had the ability to um, host that here, I think, after the Premier League ends in a couple weeks, and we get into this month of June and July, I think July could be a really good time to yeah. host that tournament, maybe late July. Love it. Hey, everything we've set our mind to so far, we've done. So Yeah, we have. So... Uh, we're here uh, back for a second segment. Just to, wanted to do a few things. There's no TFOs questions tonight because it's a it's a big week, right? And it's, it's our third straight double game week. We've had yes. two games a week, just week after week at this point. And the squad, I don't know, are, are they running a little ragged? I mentioned the kids. That's earlier. That's the question. Who's available? Yeah, who's who's out there? Who's who's gonna play? Uh, Kerwin Vargas clearly healthy, comes on, makes an impact. He's available. In, in the U.S. Open Cup, hasn't played a lot lately. Do you think Latanzio could give Vargas the start? Definitely. I think Miriam has had such a good run. I mean, I mean, Miriam has been a revelation that he he can he's you can directly attribute much of our current hot streak to the the infusion that Justin Miriam's put in this team. But he's 34 years old, and you can't just go out and play every three days over and over again at 34 years old at top level. You just can't. So I expect him to get a rest. I don't expect him to to play against Legion. I think. Miriam is resting up for the uh, uh, the trip to LA, for sure. So I think Vargas comes in, and I think Vargas goes ninety. I think Vargas is a ninety-minute man against Birmingham Legion. I think Yushviak is probably, hopefully, is a sub against Legion. I don't want him to. No, start not hopefully as a sub. Yeah, <laughs> like hopefully doesn't need to come on yeah, as a sub because well, yeah, it's four yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah, most definitely. But I'd like to see him get back to full health and get ready to contribute in some league games. Do you think Enzo starts at striker? I think he does. Latan- no. You don't think so? No. I, I would be surprised if he didn't, to be honest. Only because Latanzio has started him in, in this U.S. Open Cup run. True. And he, ah, it's a tough one. And who, and who starts at keeper? Is it Kalina? Is it Marks? Is Marks, is Marks still injured? I think it would be Pablo, probably not Marks. I think Marks is still hurt. We're right in the time frame where Marks was said to be available to come back. I think Kalina plays. I think it's Kalina. I think you keep getting Kalina the match sharpness. Right. He's def- it's not a match fitness, it's a match sharpness thing for him. You know, and, yeah. this, who, you know who this could be a decent match for? Maybe. Jog and Joe. Finally back. Just, Finally just, ready. Just yeah. give him some time. Just get him some minutes, yeah. Yeah, get, get, be you a know, be, yeah, like be a uh, veteran leader guile. against yeah. uh, a squad. Give, give um, our left back situation, give Harrison Awful a break. And, yeah. you know, make sure that we have an opportunity. The, the, the fullback positions right I, now, to me, are most critical because we really don't have two starting fullbacks. Right, we just have a hodgepodge. So rotating those players at the fullback positions makes a ton of sense to me. I would be down for Jog and Joe playing left back against Birmingham if Diop is in there at center back. I want Diop to be getting minutes. I, th- I think Hamadi Diop is... Got such a bright future, and I know there was the issue with his his sub in sub out a few games ago. I'd like to see how he responds to that. So I'd like to see him in against Birmingham. If he's not left back, then he could be a center back. So Nathan Byrne, by the way, was ranked the worst uh, rating on the pitch. A six point three, another yellow card for Nathan Byrne. Listen, I. I I don't want to be nasty on this show. I really no, don't. I know. Yeah, it's, it doesn't it doesn't do us any good to just hear and talk shit on our own players. But like, man, this guy just doesn't get it done. And like Tuoloma, sometimes it's wrong place, wrong time. It's just it's just over and over again being in this focal point of the big mistake that hurts our team, one way or the other. And Harrison Offal, who plays that same position, comes on, and and instead he replaces. Ashley Westwood. So yeah. we, we, I don't know if you noticed or if anybody noticed this um, when Harrison Offal came in for Ashley Westwood that he was playing midfield. Yeah, he was. He was a DM. and he was yeah. running. In, he yeah. was running point in the center of the pitch. I did notice. Yeah, and I'm sitting there in my seat and I'm thinking to myself, 
What the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> well, it goes back to that early season experiment that uh, Laddie was trying, trying to do the Pep Guardiola thing where your left back comes up and, and moves into the midfield. It didn't really work for Charlotte FC early in the season in our, in our struggles in March, and so we've kind of moved away from it. But in this case, yeah, he brought in Apple as a straight... It was almost like a like-for-like like sub. Not that Apple plays that, but he was he was cast into that like-for-like like sub role. For they were Westwood. all they yeah. were all like-for-like like subs. Yeah, Vargas for Miram, Awful for Westwood, Lindsay for Milana. Anyway, we've done our match. Uh, you know, we've done was, our we've done our match recap. Well, I don't want to get too far in the. Let weeds me just on this. say this: when you talk about Kalina potentially starting against Birmingham Legion, Thank I just you. I do want to say this. Man, I wish he saved that PK. He guessed right. <laughs> He guessed right on Thank the PK. How was yes. your view on that? Because it, it was had, good. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I mean, he he was just he was just late. He was just a little late. Right, yeah. and it, it, he waited as long as possible to try to guess the right to go the right way. He didn't guess. Let me put it that way. Yeah, he didn't guess. He got beat because he waited and then tried to go after it. Man, and it I was a, it was a it, save it was so a bad. it was a slick finish. It was a yeah. perfect corner pocket finish. But again, that goes to the sharpness and why Kalina needs to keep getting minutes even in midweek matches like this. Follow us on Twitter at for the crown baby. I thought one of the uh, better tweets today. Uh, you went back and forth with a Charlotte FC expert, uh, someone who watches games and was looking at Marks versus Kalina in the in the. In the, oh yeah, in the Aaron, keeper position. Aaron. Yeah, he works for NASCAR. He, yeah, he's a good. We love Aaron. So you're going back and forth, and I think, you know, a um, an analogy that you made was that, um, or a metaphor. Yeah. What, the way I the way I phrased it was that George Marks guards the box and Kalina patrols the box. Right. It's the difference between like uh, passive defense and a, and proactive defense, and like Kalina like is like out there just like I said he's just got a forward facing stance his shoulders are kind of like right. pressed forward whereas there's Marx definitely is a difference like, Marks is kind of like hey I got my line don't 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 hit it past me please there was one moment during the match where uh, somebody from Nashville went for a long range strike from like 50 yards and the person and because like trying to catch clean out a little bit because he was because yeah. he was patrolling the box yeah. I think that was Haney, I think that was Mukhtar yeah, going for his hattie. And I, I hear whispered behind me, seen that before. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, we wow. have seen, uh, yeah, I, I was thinking seen that before. I love that. That that's that's yet another sign of the of the supporters yeah. all being plugged in, as you were saying earlier this episode. For sure. Oh, that made me really uh, laugh when I heard that yeah. from from a supporter. It's so funny. It, that, just that, like, if I can have a mini tangent here. Yeah. It's like. It's so refreshing. Like we get, there's so many people that go to these games that get written off as ca- quote unquote casual fans, and right. that's almost used as a pejorative. Like, oh, you're just a casual fan. You're not really hardcore supporter. And like, I'm, I'm really sick of that. Like, it, it bothers me. Like, you don't have to. I sit in the supporter section. I love it. I like to chant. I love to dance. The, re- the reason I sit in the supporter section is because I can't control my fucking mouth, and I just like. I don't want to be amongst a bunch of families when I'm like cursing up a storm. Well, hear, hear me know, out. You know? Hear me out, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Just, just briefly, if I can interrupt this tangent, <laughs> yeah. which I'm enjoying. Um, so I sit down, and the first thing that Rachel says to me is, "Look around, watch your mouth." <laughs> <laughs> That's why I love literally Rachel. the first yeah. thing. Yeah. Rachel's the best. Yeah, <laughs> she was protecting the box. She was patrolling the box there, like Kalina yeah, for sure. Yeah, 100%. But, but the rant is just that, like. There's so many people, and you know, for one one reason or another, the the ones I've come across tend to be in these like hardcore supporters group atmospheres where they're just like looking down their nose at, at the quote unquote casuals and stuff like that. And it's like you're in a nice club little section, and like someone that you don't even know is able to make a funny little witty, wry little snide remark about seeing that before. Our fans, whether they're quote unquote casuals or not, they know our club history, and I just, I just want to see more like love and support given to the fan base as a whole, based on some of the stuff you were saying earlier, and just something right. that's been in my mind a lot recently, for sure. Just because you don't sit in the supporter section doesn't mean you're not a real fan. Is what I'm trying to say. Hundred percent agree with that. And the supporter section, though, the people um, in the different supporters groups in the royal family. Those people, exactly. though, should be proud of what they've accomplished because they're the catalyst. Right. They're the catalyst. And right. it's, it's, again, one of those – I think a good example of this is I think sometimes you create something and you feel really good about it. And you're so proud of being a day one original. You're being somebody 
that is part of this group. And then when that group grows, sometimes you feel a little bit kind of protective. Right. And it's have the punk some rock sort of ownership. It's something I grew up big time. Just I, I feel that way about many bands that I used to, you know, like, I followed this band when they were tiny, and now now they're playing stadiums, and all these losers are you know right. showing up at the shows. Yeah, for sure, I know that. So that feeling, if that exists for for somebody who's listening to the show, who's been a original, who thinks that there's some posers in the fan base, just kind of going to the party and having a good time, I would venture to say that I think your best course of action is embrace those people, because those are the type of people that get into the stadium, they understand that this team is on a bit of a run. And can lift up mm-hmm. Brant Bronico to score a fucking wonder goal. Right. I, the, uh, I I didn't say fucking wonder goal <laughs> as I was there. Around the kids, yeah. No, yeah. but all I kept saying was just like, Galazzo. Right, grind goal. It's a grind goal. It's a Galazzo. If you can't see that Brant Bronico um, owned the box in that moment in a yeah. way that very few players can, right. um, you're not watching the same fucking game right. that I'm watching. Right. And I've seen him try those plays before, too, where he sort of kicks the ball out to the side, gets physical, and then tries yeah. to catch for the ball and hasn't worked. This time it worked to perfection. Um, for sure, I, you know, not not to make it all about ranting, but I just I, I think our fan base is, as a whole deserves more credit. And, like, I've been, like, but it is what you said. The royal family deserves a lot of credit because, like, I, I'm famously, for, for multiple episodes at the start of last year, I was like, ah, the Poznan is stupid, F, I'm not doing the Poznan, F the Poznan, Pepas, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> and yet, despite my despite my uh, early lack of interest, it's caught on, and it's grown from the supporter section. It's almost like the whole stadium does it now oh, before I, the oh, match, which is pretty incredible. I did it yeah, uh, before right. the match in, in 342. I always do. Yeah. I always like turn around and start bouncing up and down. And this around. This, this really this, a success. This is, I want to talk shit in this very moment. There was... Uh, we were turning around looking at the boxes of people, and none of the people in the boxes were oh, doing the, the pause those luxury suites. So now we've got to say, you know, like, I'm not looking down my nose. I'm saying, oh, these fuck these people in the luxury suites. And by the way, I do realize that's probably six or seven F bombs in the last two minutes, and I apologize. That's fine. Um, Making up for lost time. So it's like, uh, I'm a. Uh, Phoebe, is it in yeah. Ted Lasso? Yeah, yeah, just, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, I'm getting paid. Yeah, for exactly. this. I'm getting paid that, for this. That'll be a pound. That's a pound, Jamie. <laughs> Fuck's sake. That's another pound. Uh, so she's getting rich off of this segment. Yeah. Um, there's, there's no doubt. But as far as just like the ability to uh, communicate in the stands and say what you want and really feel the energy. It's it's second to none. I'm not mad at the people in the suites. Just invite us. We'll teach you how to do all the traditions. Just invite us to the suite. You know. Uh, I didn't want to call him out, but I, I did say it. Like I, I said it out loud in the moment to Rachel. I was like, well, "There's always the one." Look who's I said, yeah, look who's not yeah, doing yeah, the Poznan right yeah. now. When I said, well, yeah, yeah, exactly. When I said, you know, support all of our fans, I didn't mean all of our fans. <laughs> it's Charlotte Soccer Show. John Hayes, Danny Browns. Follow me on Twitter at John Hayes on Air. I always appreciate it after we do a show, we pick up a couple new followers onto our personal accounts as well. Uh, follow what Danny and I are doing professionally outside of the show. You can follow Danny at Danny Brams, uh, producer at ESPN, doing great work on the Paul Feinbaum show, covering covering college sports. Um, I'm at the Athletic, and uh, we're covering everything at the Athletic, yeah. and, that and the other doing a great job with with our podcast. And I tweeted out. You can follow, follow us, our show on Twitter, at For the Crown Baby. And you can find a great article by Pablo Morar. Morar, excuse me. One of the best, Pablo has been one of the best soccer writers out there for years. And the Athletic definitely is lucky to have him. On the LA Galaxy. Great article this week. Yeah. On the Athletic. You can read into kind of the state of the franchise right now with, with LA Galaxy. But it's U.S. Open Cup first. It's a proud franchise. And they're... They're struggling. So, like, I want to hear from the TIFOs. Are you, do you think this is romper stomper time? We go in and, and just, you know, curb stomp them, or are we, is it wounded animal, be careful uh, what we're getting into type of thing? I was wondering if, and we can answer, you don't have to answer this question now, but it's something to think about, and I hope the, the TIFOs and the listeners uh, to this podcast could get excited about. Wednesday night, road, U.S. Open Cup match. What are we doing for that? We talked. I was thinking about this because Crown Legacy are playing a home match. On Wednesday night also. So it's like, oh, man. And we actually, we have to talk about the independents still because the soccer is alive and well. Independents are the only uh, winners on the weekend here uh, for the for the local trio. So Wednesday for the, I think, 
I don't know. Maybe we'll get some kind of live stream up or whatever. We could maybe the Tifos will tell us if the Tifos tell us they want a live stream. Maybe we'll get it up and running. I was thinking maybe about like a, I was thinking about a, a post game live like that. stream. Yes. Yeah, yeah. I could definitely get down for that for sure. Let us know in the comments, y'all, because um, I'll be. I, it, I don't watch too many games at home. Obviously, with the EPR watch parties, going to the matches. Sometimes it's nice to just chill at home and watch a match. So I, I, uh, with my recent travels, I can definitely see myself relaxing. I don't think I'll make it to the Crown Legacy game. But what I'll do is I'll just live tweet the Crown Legacy and Charlotte FC. And it, it will all, you know, beautiful. we'll all have a beautiful Christmas. Um, what do you think about this, John? You teased this earlier. And I do want to get into it before we get out of here. Independence. Yes, thank you. Winners of the Dogwood Derby. We're here at the home of the Independence. Uh, you know, the offices are right in the back of EPR. Uh, swing on by. You can FedEx. There's a sign out front that says, "Hey FedEx, this is where you drop off the Charlotte Independence <laughs> deliveries." Uh, even though it looks like a, a cozy little parlor room. So, uh, Dogwood Derby winners, comeback winners, two-one over NCFC. Austin Pack with some big saves late that preserved the win. Did let one through. Derby um, win. Let's Darby go. Rivalry win. week. And here's here's where the Derby got real interesting because this Uh-oh. is controversy. This is controversy that has been swirling on Twitter. It started right when it happened. Uh, NCFC fans, they came to Memorial Stadium. I'll give them credit for that. Decent amount of folks showed up, made the drive over from Raleigh. But then, A, they tried to talk shit, and they tried to pretend that there was more Raleigh fans in there than Charlotte fans, which wasn't the case. And then, one of the NCFC fans was accused of pouring beer on a local photographer. So there was a goal celebration, and someone someone said... I can't believe these NCFC fans poured beer on, on a local photographer at Memorial. This is horrible. So then all these NCFC ultras, this this is while the game's going on. On Twitter, this battle is raging. What The NCFC fan clubs started saying, we didn't do that. We would never do that. You're making shit up. You're trying to make us look bad because we took over your stadium, blah, 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 blah. So then our boy, Jorge, Top Bin 90, Post the video evidence of the NCFC fan pouring beer and got and they were caught red-handed, and uh, shout out to Top Ben for that one. You know he 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 earned uh, that bringing the receipts. Did, did you see the latest the statement from NYCFC? No, I have no. So the club they were forced to issue a statement. The, yes, uh, yeah. what they say. The club has issued a statement and uh, it was an apology. <laughs> and the best part of the statement was, and I'm glad that I have a chance to tell you this live on the show, is that the person who was caught dumping the beer was a member of the front office staff. <laughs> uh, I mean, this is why you love USL1. As, as fun as it is to follow, you know, that big, wasn't working yeah, that afternoon. Really? Just took yes. the day off, drove over and decided to get a beer shower going directly onto a photographer's like hundreds of dollars worth of equipment, if not thousands. So absolutely amazing. I was then waiting in the rest of the statement to say that they this person had been fired, considering they're now they're part of the front office. Right. And instead, they will be facing disciplinary action after a investigation. <laughs> no longer allowed to travel the road matches, hopefully for sure. Or maybe put them on the clock <laughs> on match day. Yeah, 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 exactly. Two drink maximum, buddy. I think it was like uh, an owner, a part owner of the yeah, team, no right? Doubt. Like a front yeah. office executive. We need to. Yeah. Do you know? Well, we, we need to. We don't know his name, uh, and we're not going to speculate here. But maybe no. we will find out his name well, later in the week, and maybe we'll put him on blast for it, acting like an asshole. It goes to show. I mean, there's passion at all levels of this sport, of this game. We love to support the big, the big time. You know, the highest level of the game in the United States, MLS. Yeah. We're we're very focused on MLS, but like. God love it. I, I wouldn't do this show if we were ignoring the independence because, like, the what a story. What an amazing, like, <laughs> yeah. like first off, A, what a story that independence is, like, competing, you know, contending for a potential USL1 championship. And then just the level, just the pettiness and the, the intimacy that you can get at this USL1 level of, like, the front office staff from your biggest rival is in their shithousing at the road match, pouring beer on people and ruining people's photography equipment. Just absolutely insane. And the fact that, A, they lost the match. Like, we came, <laughs> after they poured the beer, we came back to win the match. So, Vamos Independence, you know, Captain John Jack, he didn't make that ride all the way to Philadelphia, <laughs> you know, for no no, uh, no reason. He, he, he made it happen. and uh, I'm going to make that drive but, to Philadelphia. Which, by the way, so I was, <laughs> yeah, exactly. days. I was able to share the joy. I, I, I told one of my buddies about Mech Deck Day. The other day was, uh, I think Sunday was Mech Deck Day, the anniversary of the Mech- Mecklenburg Declar- Declaration. Yes. Yeah, which, you know, 
basically the cliff notes that uh, Thomas Jefferson used to write the American Declaration of Independence. Without the mech deck, we might still be a British colony, just so everybody knows. There's some dispute about the validity of the mech deck, but I'm here to tell you it's real and it <laughs> happened, and it was spectacular. Uh, so, shout out to the mech deck, shout out to Captain uh, John Jack, shout out to the Jacks, the Independents, uh, shout out to everyone. What a fun episode. But I feel like this has been just a great episode for sort of just like taking stock of where we're at here. This is a, a TIFOS episode. Yes, yes. Yes, this, this, this episode is for the TIFOs who have been hanging out with us since the beginning. This episode kind of reminds me of, and I was, I was thinking about this earlier, uh, the, the Triple C days. When we used to go back on the corner of Triple C on a, like a, on a summer night. And, and talk about Brawny Bro was the golden boy of the match. Exactly. And here he is again. He's, he's doing his thing. Uh, Ronnie Bro scores his second goal for Charlotte FC. And this kid just keeps getting better. And he's somebody that you can count on to go the, the full 90. He's been doing it every match. And if you're taking that for granted, you better check yourself because he's about to do it again. Yeah. I think, um, he'll, I think Ronnie will go 90 against Birmingham, and I think he'll go 90 against LA. And he won't even he'll, – he'll barely even care. He'll be, he'll be up on Sunday morning trying to work out before the flight leaves Los Angeles. Charlotte Soccer Show. John Hayes, Danny Brams. Don't forget, Charlotte is a soccer city. And uh, we're here at Elizabeth Parlor Room. Make sure uh, you come check this place out on uh, Saturday night, Charlotte After Dark. Yeah. Uh, a 10 o'clock kick, LA Galaxy kick. I might have to FaceTime in for this. That'd be great. You should. I'm going to have to FaceTime in we for will, this uh, We will uh, we'll have more hype for the watch party. On our, we'll do an episode later this week after the cup match, before the LA match. I'll hype up the party, but you should already be making your plans. And let sure. me know any TIFOs out there that's traveling up to Philly, and you think, or you're thinking about going up to Philly, yeah. and want some recommendations. Yeah. yeah um, sure. Let me know. But as always, uh, until next time, for the crown, baby.